Welcome to the On Next Podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I'm Jay Paul Jackson. Today, joined by my co-host, Josh. I love to shoot Shoveler's Web and Ro- – oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Rocky, I love to shoot Shoveler's LaFleur and the very talented Mr. Josh Webb. And <laughs> then also today, we have a very, very special guest that I think is going to uh, – by the end of this podcast, be Rocky's hero. Um, Terry, I, I really feel like that, you know, we have a guy on here that's probably going to ask for your autograph. And, uh, you know, d- d- don't don't feel awkward, please, whatsoever. I mean, he, he just, you know, he can't help himself sometimes. But uh, we have um, Terry Wiseman, who is the uh, creator of – a very, very special Facebook page and organization. And Terry, why don't you lead into the podcast by telling us the name of your organization and exactly what you guys do? The first thing we got to talk about is our man, Joseph Presley at Four Corner Properties. Now, Joseph is a real estate agent at Four Corner Properties. Joseph is the title sponsor of our podcast. And Joseph specializes in recreational property, uh, waterfowl, deer, and turkey property. Um, so if you're looking for a piece of property, you know, the thing that's cool about Joseph, just like he said the other day, if you already have an agent and you just need some information, give Joseph a call. Uh, he'd be happy to help in any kind of way, getting any kind of information to you. Or you're getting ready to sell your property. Joseph can pretty much tell you what that property is worth. Now, Joseph works in Louisiana and Mississippi right now. He's getting... You know, he told Josh and I the other day that he's getting his license in Arkansas in the next couple of weeks, right, Josh? Yeah, he's at he, he's in the the finishing stages of uh, of getting that so that he can so that he can help out the you know the Arkansas crowd too, which is awesome um, because they uh, you know they they've really grown that business has really grown. Joseph's really grown. You know, Joseph was the 2016 Land Realtor of the Year the state of Mississippi. Um so it's been really cool to to see his to see his not only his personal growth but the growth of their company and now to have them as our our title sponsor has been really really cool. Yeah, I mean if you need to get in touch with Joseph, Joseph is at 601-540-7240. If you're looking for any property in Louisiana, Mississippi or Arkansas, please give Joseph a call. Now, Terry, tell us a little bit about the American Shoveler Shooters Association. Well, it's American Shoveler Shooters Association, and we pay homage to the most underappreciated puddle duck, the <laughs> shoveler. And no, no. Our mem- whoa, 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 Terry. Terry, it's a, it's a diver. <laughs> Six the world thinks it's a diver. That's the truth. No, no, no. We do hear that a lot. It is a He's puddle, a puddle duck. duck. It is a dabbling duck. Thank you, Terry. Yes. And you know, our members send in pictures of their shovelers that they harvest, and we post some duck-related memes and just keep it simple, and it seems to work. Oh, it's absolutely wow. working. Um, that's what we were talking about right before we started was I mean, y'all just hit, what, 20,000 or went over 20,000 followers uh recently which which is uh pretty um, pretty impressive how did you come come up with the idea for it i know we talked about it some but but while we've got everybody on here for the podcast how did you 
come up with the idea to start it? Well, actually it was as a joke and out of boredom. I started it less than two years ago. I just went with the name me and my buddies came up with. We used to go down to southern Arkansas duck hunting every year, and the guys down there used to say, yeah, them boys from Chicago are coming down here to shoot our shovelers. They're like some kind of club. So we just came up with the name. And, just kind of <laughs> and, I, and I like it. I mean, think about it. It's a great anacronym also for the American shoveler shooters. I mean, yeah. hey, <laughs> I'll just let you guys be creative and and figure that out. Well, when I told Jay Paul he was going to be in here, that's that's all I sent him. I, he, uh, I said our special guest is going to be the creator, and all I sent him was of ASS, and <laughs> that's all I sent him. And then I had to explain it. Um, so it's been it's been fun. I've been looking forward to getting you on here. Yeah, and well, thank you for having me. Oh, we're thrilled. To put all this in context for you also, I don't know how much Josh has told you prior to starting, but Rocky and his guide service has a big old uh, uh, dry erase board in the boot room with all the important pertinent information and rules for hunting at Mossy Island Outfitters. And I think like numbers, that are frequently asked questions, that's it. The, the FAQs at Mossy Island Outfitters. And I think, is it number seven, Rocky? Number four. Number four, and what? And, and tell Terry what number four is. And usually, the third question is, "What are you guys killing right now?" Uh, gadwall, teal, few pintail, but mostly shovelers. Shovelers, you boys shoot neat them things. Yes, sir. So it number is, four is. is. Yeah. The number four answer is yes. We do eat shovelers. The last time I saw it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with them, especially depending on where they've been feeding. And and you know that's Terry, that's the truth for any duck out there. Yes. Um it doesn't matter what it is, it all depends on where it's sitting because you can take a mallard that's been sitting on salt water and be the nastiest tasting thing in the world. Yep. Yeah, you exactly. better believe that. I just breasted uh, a shoveler just about 20 minutes ago, actually, before we started calling in, I, I was cleaning ducks. And uh, you know what, man? I I will cook them for folks, and they have no clue. I mean, you know, we'll mix in shoveler breast with mallards and gadwalls. And, you know, the teal, you can't you can tell them because they're smaller, and sometimes they pick out the mallards because they're bigger. But, I mean, nobody ever really notices I've never had anyone take a bite and say, oh, man, that's shoveler. You know, usually it's, golly, Bill, this duck is delicious. What did you do? And they all just think they're eating mallards. Yep, yep, yep. that's the truth. Well, look, I know we were talking the other day about, and something we talk about a lot, is how crazy the migration has been. And Terry and I were texting back and forth about the number of shovelers that stayed around up there. Because Rocky's always wanting to know where they are. Um, so, and you were telling me until just a few weeks ago, they were really, really high numbers up there where you live. Isn't that right, Terry? Yeah, the second week of December, uh, we we held the most shovelers I've ever seen. And, you know, our weather was pretty mild during the season. And we even had, when our season ended, we had 
a cold spell where he got down to seven, negative 17 at night and negative 11 the next night. We had six inches of ice, and we still had a little bit of open water on the rivers and stuff, and we were still holding some shovelers. Well, there's your answer, Rocky. They, they, they're just slow to get here, slow to get here. <laughs> no, they hadn't made it. <laughs> There's where where are they where are they now, Terry? Do you know? <laughs> Probably Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> I can vouch for that, brother. Yes, sir. We, we've got. Uh... I, I'll I'll tell you this: uh, Chase Holland from Laguna Outfitters, when we were doing our migration report, what was that? Two weeks ago, Josh. Yeah. He said the yeah, south, yeah. south southeast. All right, southeast Texas, and. Southwest Louisiana was absolutely loaded with shovelers. Well, some made it down then. <laughs> yeah, well, he said it was know. the most shovelers they'd ever seen. Really? Well, this, like I said, this season was the most shovelers we ever seen. And and I gotta and say, we, I just said we've got them, but we don't really have we don't have them in the numbers of the rice fields that I'm accustomed to. I mean, they're here, but. Um, you know, we don't have them like we have pintails right now. I mean, we have an unbelievable number of pintails on the farm right now and in the area. It's, it's amazing. Well, hi, look, let me tell you, tell you real quick, Terry. Um, you know, the mallard migration as far as to Mississippi has changed a lot from when I first started in business in 1998. And I knew at about 2001, 2002, the we were still killing tons of gadwall, but not a lot of mallards. And I knew at that point that I was going to have to change my business model up because the majority of the people coming in from Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Florida, these places, they're lucky to see two or three ducks all year. They could care less if it was a shoveler, a coot, a mallard, a pintail. They 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 don't know the difference. They just want to shoot their gun because it's cool. So we had tons of catfish ponds surrounding my business. So I said, man, we need to figure out how to kill those how to kill those shovelers because these catfish ponds are loaded up with shovelers. And we did it a couple of times and, you know, ended up killing some bluebills, some canvasback to go along with the shovelers. And people freaking loved it. Now I got made up I got made fun of around the community, but you know, I don't give a damn. I've been getting made fun of my whole life. But anyway, the the, the 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 people that are coming in to hunt with me, they, they think it's the greatest thing in the world until told differently. And yeah, well, you know, we... I built a whole business around that. And now, listen, I don't go out there and take if I have twelve customers in, I don't take all twelve clients out to a fish pond and shoot shovelers, I may take one of my groups that are in out there. And they hey, love as long it. as like they're said, they love a good it. time. Yeah, that's all that matters. That's the problem with the guide the guide's mindset. You know, the problem with the guide's mindset in the in the world today, when they take somebody hunting, instead of it being about the client, it's about them still. Listen, at the end of the day, am I gonna go pack up, you know, two stringer full of Texas rig shovelers and shoot shovelers myself. Not no, but hell no. But if somebody if somebody else wants to do it that never sees but one or two ducks all year, 
I'm going to do it. It's not about me. And that's the problem with these guide servers. You know, I've heard people of people that hunt with me that went over to Arkansas to hunt and they accidentally shot a shoveler. You know, they had 500 shovelers coming into a rice field. Well, they shot one of them and the guy getting mad and, you know, didn't want to guide them the rest of the time they were there. Are you freaking kidding me? It's not about you. It's about no, the it's... client. <laughs> oh, the man is passionate. Can't you just hear it coming through his voice? But it's the truth. It's the truth, though. I mean, I mean, we see people you know, all the time. They're like, man, look, we're here to shoot ducks. And, and, and you know, and so, okay, we're going to shoot ducks. If it's got a big, funny-looking bill, it's a duck. <laughs> I mean, maybe a shoveler. But but you're gonna have a good time shooting them, and that that's the truth of it. I mean, it comes down to the guides got to get over the fact that you know some people, you know, that is fun to them. They don't get that. They don't get to do that. And usually, generally speaking, we have a lot of shovelers killed. This year has been a little odd, but you know, that usually that's something that that we can offer and and have a lot of fun doing. Let me throw this in there. So yesterday morning i had the pleasure of having as my guest a gentleman from um northern uh illinois southern wisconsin uh that area not you know real far a little bit to the east of you obviously i mean west of you obviously terry but uh this guy has never been duck hunting before in his life and he's a big hunter and uh he came and he brought his 14 year old son who'd also never been duck hunting before and we're out there with two other guys yesterday morning hunting on a rice field out of layout blinds. And the cool thing about shovelers is the fact that, you know, they're kind of like ringnecks, blackjacks, or uh, canvasbacks. You know, and I think this may be one of the pe- reasons that people also mistake them, mistakenly believe that they're diving ducks. The cool thing about them is that they will decoy. They react really, really well to decoys. And we had a group buzz us, and I just called in a couple of mallards. My guy's like, call them, call them, call them. I'm like, man, you know, <laughs> no need for me to even really try to call them. They're shovelers. They're either going to come by or they're not going to come by. And one of the guys from here that was with me said, yeah, most people don't even shoot them anyway. And uh, he's like, well, do you shoot them? I'm like, sure. I mean, you came here to kill ducks. Do you care? He's like, no, I want to shoot my gun. You know, I want to kill a duck. And we'd already killed some mallards, but it, to, to reinforce what Rocky was saying. So that group, while we were talking, it swung way out over the field, you know, like Spoonies will do. And here it comes screaming back in. And they came in feet down right into the center of the kill hole. And uh, I yelled, take them, and we killed them. And then about five minutes later, we had a repeat performance of that. And the guy turns to me, and and this is classic. He turns to me and he says, so you mean to tell me you have guys that won't shoot these things? I said, oh, yeah. He He said, well, are they any good to eat? And I said, yeah, I mean, they're fine. You know, I'll cook some for you at lunch today. You'll, you'll never know the difference between them and the other ducks. And uh, he's like, what idiot would not want to sh- I mean, this is a ball. I'm having a great time. He could totally not get the concept uh, of, not shoot- of duck hunting but not shooting shovelers because he thought it was just so cool the way they came riding the decoys and the shooting was challenging and, 
You know, I mean, and that's what it's about, Rocky. You're dead on. It's not about – I don't get guys that, you know, diss other guys because, hey, you know, they'll shoot a Hollywood. Big deal. If they like doing it, it's their damn business. Let them do it. Don't be stupid. It's about having fun. Yeah, you know, you know? what pisses me off? is that picture that's circulating around the internet stomping a shoveler in the freaking ground. Listen, don't shoot the son of a bitch if you don't want to eat it. Excuse that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, Josh Webb, have you ever heard Rocky? I mean, the Man, passion I, is exuding from his Oh, body. I know. Look. He's in rare form and on fire. Terry, we got to know much it. more. Yeah, that's I'm gonna right. edit that that's out. Right. That won't be in there. Oh but. no, 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 no! You got to leave that in there, brother. You got don't <laughs> shoot the son of a bitch if you're not gonna eat it. I agree. Well, <laughs> Carrie Wiseman, what do you think? You're the guy. That exactly. Knows. I there mean, we go. I can. I, you can eat anything if you have enough hot sauce and you know how to cook it. <laughs> shoveler not tasting good. Listen, I oh. I eat ducks every almost every day during the season. And I almost would rather eat a shoveler than anything else. Believe it or not, I don't care. You you can believe it. But the misconception about snow geese and shovelers tasting nasty and acute, you know, that is such crap. You know, well, I can understand you, Yeah, I can Everybody understand you guys up north. Yeah, I can understand you guys up north probably not wanting to eat some snow geese because they're fresh off the, the what, the tundra where they come from. Yeah. And I've heard that they can taste a little iffy. But once they get here and they've been feeding on, on you know, in rice fields, flooded bean fields, whatever it may be, just like a shoveler, they're grain-fed. After a week of being here, they taste just fine. Well, the shovelers up here, if we shoot them in the marshes, we have to really uh, treat them right because they'll taste a little strong. But we shoot a lot of a lot of shovelers in the corn. I posted a picture like a month ago where corn was actually coming out of the shoveler's mouth that I just shot. I mean, and her craw was full of corn. We shoot them all the time, and they'll be stuffed with corn like a mallard will. And that's what oh, I yeah, try to we tell people. You know, and they're in the rice fields. I mean, dude, you go over in Arkansas, you see shovelers everywhere in the rice fields. And uh, Some of our listeners have heard this story before because I think I've told it in a previous podcast. But, you know, Terry, I'll tell you a quick funny one. So a few years ago, we're up in uh, Canada, and I'm up on the uh, near Kitscotty, Alberta, Lloydminster, Alberta, um, Saskatchewan. Lloydminster sits right there on the border uh, of the two provinces. And we are... Uh, we are out scouting, and we go by uh, this um, little pond or pothole, and it is loaded with shovelers. And uh, they had actually been dry feeding with the mallards in the pea field right beside it, and they're on the pothole. And there's more shovelers than anything on this pothole, body of water. I'm like, guys, this is where we need to be tomorrow. It's loaded up with ducks. And everybody's like, yeah. But, man, most of them are shovelers, you know. And I'm like, so what? There are mallards there, too. You know, this is the most ducks we've seen today. Oh, no, I ain't going to shoot one of those things. Man, they eat crap. No way I'm going to shoot a shoveler. 
And so I'm like, okay, so we'll keep on scouting. So we finally found the mallards. Uh, just as we came into Kit Scotty, Alberta, we found the mother load of greenheads. And you know where they were? They were sitting on the freaking sewage lagoon for the township of Kit Scotty eating the crap. <laughs> there wasn't a shoveler on that sewage lagoon, but it was loaded with, with mallards. And this was late season for up there, you know, like the first week of October. So the mallards were getting green heads. And, and it was green heads all the way across that shit pond. Not a single shoveler on it. <laughs> Nothing but mallards. So I'm like, okay, guys, there you go. Now, which is it, you know? But I'll give you um, a quick recipe, too. If you don't believe it down here that they're good, take a, take a shovel you kill in a rice field or, or bean field or corn field down here in the south and, uh, and fillet the breast out of it and throw it in a little bit of Allegro for a couple of hours and get you a grill really nice and hot and just sear it on both sides on that grill and keep it rare. Uh, take a little horseradish and mix it with a little mayonnaise to make you a little creamy horseradish and dip it in there. And if you can tell the difference between it and a mallard, you're a heck of a better man than I am. You probably ought to find a career as a wine taster or something because your <laughs> taste buds are so well refined because you just really can't tell, you know, the difference. No, you can't. Yeah, that's my thing. Just don't, if you're not going to eat it, no matter what it is, deer, duck, whatever it may be, I understand if it's a predator that's, you know, killing, you know, deer or whatever on your property or turkeys, whatever it may be, and you have to do away with a predator. But if you're out duck hunting and a shoveler comes in, let it land. Let it be a live decoy. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of decoys, let me tell you this, too. Uh, and by the way, I do need to interject and mention here that uh, this part of our podcast has been brought to you by Hardcore Brands and Hardcore Decoys, makers of some of the most innovative and durable products out there and some of the finest decoys that you can possibly hunt over. Uh, the armor-coated paint schemes are absolutely off the charts, and they know it's not easy being hardcore. But let me tell you this. So, speaking of decoys, last week I'm hunting in Arkansas at one of the premier places, private clubs over there. And these guys, they kill mostly mallards. They limit out on greenheads. They don't shoot hens, um, which, you know, that's their personal choice. It's cool. Uh, for the most part, they don't shoot hens. They pretty much limit out on mallards every day. But they do shoot shovelers. And... I, I ask you, Mason, you know, man, when we shoot shovelers and some too, because, hey, you know, it's a six-duck limit, and uh, you can only kill four mallards, number one, so it makes the hunt last a lo little longer. But number two, we get them because we put out a whole bunch of hardcore shoveler decoys because shoveler decoys are awesome because they show up so well. Drake shoveler decoys really stand out in your spread. And if you don't believe it, you know, those in pintail decoys, uh, I think, are way, way underutilized. If you don't believe it, look in binoculars from a distance in a field that's full of a variety of ducks in the late season, and the greenheads are dang hard to find. Hens, mallards are almost impossible to see if it's an overcast day. The thing that stands out are the drake shovelers and the drake pintails. 
And yep. uh, I know guys, I mean, I hunt with shovelers in my spread every single day because they are great confidence decoys and they add visibility. We use a lot of uh, ringneck decoys and they have a lot of white and the shovelers will go sure. right to the ringneck decoys. Same thing with canvas backs. I, I use at least a half a dozen bull can decoys um, most of the time, particularly on sunny days, that, that canvas back decoy dance, and it provides much better flash than a spinning wing decoy or anything else, and the shovelers come right to them. Yep. But they make great, you know, great decoys, no doubt about it. Hey, Terry, let me yes. ask you this. Don't, don't you guys offer products that you sell? No, actually, we don't. Uh, actually, I went and saw a printer today. I'm having some stickers print up. But I've not tried to make any money off this page. I've done zero advertising. That's what kind of makes it kind of funny that I got 20,000 followers without even advertising. But, you know, guys have been asking for hats and shirts, and that might come later. But like I said, right now, just the stickers are coming. Well, I tell you what, if you start an American Shooter Shovelers fan club, I guarantee you that Rocky will be the first one to jump on the bandwagon and don't be surprised if he doesn't campaign to be elected elected president. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. I'm, I'm very I'm very passionate about shovelers. And I I, I just I get so sick. I, I know J Paul, you get sick of listening to it and Josh too, but I mean, it just, I get sick of seeing people putting them down, but yet they shoot them. That's kind of like, uh, I mean, that's kind of like setting high standards for only dating good-looking women, and then you get get caught with... (laughs) Kissing a fat girl. (laughs) Yeah, 350-pound dirty garbage girl or something. <laughs> but, oh man! Uh, no better way to explain it, you know. Wow! Exactly. <laughs> well, listen, man. I tell you, Terry, we really want to thank you. We appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to to join us um, here today. And, and I want to tell you too. Um, Rocky and I, we both got another week and a half left on our season. Uh, when we get done with the podcast, if you'd like to come down here and hunt with me, we got plenty of them on our farm, and we don't mind shooting them. Uh, you're invited to come between now and the 29th and help close out the season with the seed time you'd like to drive down from Indiana. Pretty sure Rocky well, would tell you the same thing, right, brother? Thanks for oh, the yeah. offer. Uh, maybe next January, being one of my uh, – members might come down we've been looking to go back down south like i said we used to go to arkansas and go down to the rice fields there and shoot the shovelers and them guys actually loved us because we'd come down there and they'd tell us you know we don't have very many mallards around it's like who cares we shoot mallards back up north we're here for the <laughs> shovelers pintails and keel i love it <laughs> no, dude, i love man, it that is great man well listen brother it's been a pleasure to have you on behalf of Rocky and Josh. Thank you so much for being here. Mr. Terry Wiseman, founder. All right, of thank the you for American, having me. 
Yes, sir. Founder of the American Shoveler Shooters Association. Check it out and like it on Facebook. Terry, you have a great day, buddy. You too. Thanks, guys. Yep. Thank you, Terry. All right. Bye. And that was yeah, that was an awesome guest. Let me tell you what, Rocky. I'm sure you've got a man crush on Terry now. <laughs> he got me fired up, man. That's, a, that's the most fired up I've been in a long time. Look, I just—I mean, I was on—I don't know. We had uploaded a video of ours or something to Facebook, and oh no, I know what it was. Was I—I I saw that picture of Joe Dirt in a car, and he was—he was—he uh, was giving the the little rock out symbol. Uh, out the window, and it said, when you pass a, a fellow shoveler shooter in traffic or something. Uh, anyway, I shared that picture the other day, and I was like, man, where did that come from? So I got to looking around the internet, and I found it, and it was on that American Shoveler Shooters page. And and uh, then I got to looking, and I was like, dang, they've got 19,000, 20,000 people that follow it. And every, I mean, just day after day after day, people are posting shoveler pictures, and they're not ashamed of it. And, man, I thought. We've got to get this guy on here uh, just to, to learn more about it. And uh, so I, I was glad that he could join us. He, he was a lot of fun. Oh, he was. I mean, that guy was really entertaining. And, and he made some really good points. You know, uh, I think he probably started as something kind of tongue-in-cheek for him. But I'm glad to see that it's, you know, gaining a following, that, that his group is growing. Kind of like almost spreading the love and the education right there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Jay Paul, I got some good news for you. Oh, tell it to me. They smoked that butt in northern Arkansas today. Really? Yeah, I talked to Michael Spain, like two blow outfitters earlier, and I, I, listen, I think the whole weekend. You know, when I was telling you about the uh, me and my buddies from Georgia going up there, I think the whole weekend, what happened was, I think it had a lot to do with that fog. Low visibility, low clouds. I'm going to give you a little secret tip, guys. I used to be a pilot. I'm an ex-pilot. I sold my airplane a few years back. But one of the things I still keep up with is airport reports. Um, and you can tell, a, if, if you can't, Visually fly what's called VFR, fly under VFR rules. Usually a duck isn't going to fly either. I mean, do you guys know what VFR is, visual sure. flight rules? I mean, it, you got to have at least three miles vis- visibility um, to be able to get up. Um, well, you know, the other day we were talking about this, and we were, yeah, you know, well, we were talking about that I, the I'll other give, day. About I'll give you an example. In, in, yeah, go ahead. I know where you're going. I'll, go I'll, ahead. I'll give you an example. Like when we were in Pocahontas the other day, the visibility reported by the airport was a mile and a half. Ducks weren't flying. Now, I'm going to tell you also that from about 10 o'clock Saturday morning all the way through Sunday morning that we were there, there was no wind. Worst mm-hmm. two accommodations ever in duck hunting could happen while I'm in Arkansas. No wind and fog. Right, you know, in the old days when ducks were freaking starving to death, you could hit a call if you heard a duck, you know, going above your head, and they would just fall through the fog to you. But these days, you know, ducks ducks do not fly really well at all when there's fog and no wind. No, not at all. Yeah, that that's probably about the 
and yesterday morning we saw that too when we were out there we were killing ducks had them all over us and um we had a low ceiling wasn't really foggy for us it was a low ceiling at ground level you had visibility for a pretty good ways but a very low ceiling and they'd drop out of there and they'd see the decoys and the ripple on the water and they'd fall in 815 our wind died by 830 we were done we couldn't get a duck to work if you held a gun to my head because you got to have that wind you got to have that ripple oh, I, I think i think that you got to have the wind for the ducks to fly they just they it's easier for a duck to fly when you've got wind going across your wings you, you know for an airplane or a duck it's easier to get up and get lift and when there's none you you have to work harder and like i was telling you yesterday about arkansas j paul and it goes back to really what we've been since we started this podcast talking about um all the ducks that were in arkansas and nobody was really having good hunts um there was only one or two groups that i talked to out of maybe 20 that had an average hunt but all the ducks were sitting on lake ashfall uh gonna get my teeth kicked in for saying the name but i don't care but you know, there were I saw video and there had to be at least a hundred thousand ducks sitting on Lake Ashfall. It was unbelievable how many ducks were sitting there. Well you can't hunt it. So these ducks were going to places of little to no pressure. They knew they were safe in these low ceiling, low visibility, no wind conditions. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, that that's one of the things that we fight all the time, and we, you and I have talked about it, Josh brings it up as a real believer in it, and that's, you know, having rest days um, on your property that you hunt if it's private and uh, letting ducks build up. And that becomes paramount when you've got the conditions that we've got. I mean, I, I study the weather forecast just like I'm sure you do being a guide, Rocky, even though I'm not a professional guide. You know, um, I do guide people almost every day, but not for money. But I study the forecast just like I'm sure you do on a daily basis. And, I mean, it's been 10 days just about every day of overcast, lots of low ceilings, loads of fog. Visibility's further today than it's been for the last five, six days in a row here that I can remember. And in those situations, man, the birds are going to be where they feel safe, and only I think the reason why we were successful, Rocky, yesterday morning um, is because we were on a field that we had let them build up in it for about three days. We hadn't touched them. We hadn't even driven by it on the Ranger or a four-wheeler to bump them, letting them get there, letting them feel secure. So when we had wind yesterday morning, they were coming back because it was a place that, that you know, they've been sitting there. They felt safe and secure, and, uh, and we got them. But like one of the guys that I was hunting with yesterday said, ducks, Jay Paul, it looks to me like they're kind of like old winos. They got to have ripple. <laughs> we didn't have that. <laughs> and um, it was done, you know. So you're right, Rock. They've got uh, – they're going to go where they feel safe. And if they don't feel safe, they're not going there. Well, Michael sent me pictures. They had wind and they had sun today, so they, they did pretty good this morning. Jay Paul, the funniest part about this weekend, and I've already told this to Josh, was, you know, Michael has a lodge that he lodges people in, but his lodge was full this weekend. 
So I said, that's fine. Do you have anywhere we can stay? He said, yeah, I got a house that y'all can stay in. It'll sleep. It'll sleep seven people. I said, okay, that sounds pretty good. Michael, you know, it's his buddy. It's his buddy's place. Now, let me just, let me preface this. Probably the lowest, uh, not GDP, but the, the, what do do you call it when you're measuring a person's wealth? Uh, Lowest medium income. Yeah, I would say the lowest median income on person on this trip made a probably a couple of million dollars a year. Lowest mean income average, lowest yeah, average income what, in yeah. case. Yeah. Yeah. And they all flew over here on a private jet. <laughs> so if we we get to this place where Michael had set us up and this is nothing against Michael. I don't even know if he's ever been to this place. It's just a, a business associate or friend of his house. So we pull up, and I was like, oh, my God. I, I know what these guys are thinking. <laughs> you know, we walk in, dude. As soon as you came through the, the door, you get, the utility room is there, and there's a hole in the floor with a pipe sticking up. Now, I'm not talking like a like a <laughs> circular hole that the pipe's coming through. I'm talking like a two-foot by two-foot I see dirt hole in the floor <laughs> and there are seven beds in the house and all seven beds are sitting in a in a bedroom that's about eight by ten. Oh my gosh and <laughs> what's so bad about it one of the guys dude as soon as he got there he dropped a bomb in this house and it's like he set off a smoke bomb and ran the rats out because as soon as that happened and they saw this, these beds, we're not staying here. We're not staying here. We had just finished unloading the car and we start loading it back up. And now looking back on it, I'm glad we went to, we ended up going to a motel and what would have been really so bad about it is we killed five ducks all weekend is these guys, had had to stay at this house and not kill but five ducks, dude. Woo, I would have had to listen to complaining. I mean, they're, they're great guys, but you know they're not they're not at single and in their twenties anymore. That would have been fine if you're gonna, you know, be drunk drunk all night and just lay your head down somewhere before you go hunt. But this was not made for a multi millionaire person at all. <laughs> J. Paul, I Man. thought about you when I walked in here. I was like, there's no way Jake Paul would ever even step foot in this place. <laughs> no, you're right. I may not be a shoveler bigot, but I'll be danged if I'm going to stay in even a Motel 6 if I can help it. I mean, a few years ago, I was somewhere on the North Dakota, South Dakota border, and I stayed in a motel, a motel called the – and I think I've still got a picture on my Facebook page. I'll have to reshare it, the Oxen Rider Inn. But uh, I swore then, it's just not happening. I, I definitely, I bet you were laughing, thinking about me. I would have been dropping bombs, sure enough, different kinds. Too. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's so bad about it is the bathroom was, you know how bathrooms just usually the smallest room in the house. The bathroom is probably half of the house. That's how little this thing oh was. Seven people were about to stay in it. Dude, it looked like the crackhead that owned it just walked out. And left us the key. Hey, Josh, you know what? To me, that sounds like a shovel of killer's paradise. What do you Yeah, think? that's what it sounds like to me. I mean, hey, look, Watch more, it. You know? <laughs> I, man, I, I'm just, I'm no. just joking. Because that really was great. Terry was a, was a wonderful guest. 
and uh, enjoyed having him. And, you know, the thing about shovelers, too, is um, that you better get used to them because I think that they are uh, – their their growth rate is right behind redheads, which is a minuscule population, even though it's over 100% above the long-term average. Um, gadwalls and uh, now I think they're third because I think believe mallards are 51% above the LTA right now and northern shovelers if memory serves me right are like 56 points above the long term average so they're a very abundant duck and they're thriving they're becoming much more abundant and, and you know and they're going to be out there so I mean it's it's a growing population um, unlike a lot of the others. So, you know. <laughs> hey, you mark you mark my words right now. In 10 years from now, you remember this podcast and that I said this. 10 years from now, there will be people praising the shoveler because I think it's going to be the dominant duck in 10 years. We're going to rip that mallard statue down in front of Max and we're going to put a big bill <laughs> shoveler in front of him. And that would be hilarious. I don't know that it'll ever get there. And I was incorrect. Actually, I think green-winged teals are growing the fastest. I think shoveler is number uh, number four because green-winged teal, I believe, are the ones that are 104% above the LTA. And um, redheads are like 90, and then gadwalls at 80, and then shovelers at like 56 points above. But I still do not think, because our mallards are 51 points above the LTA. I still don't think they'll be ripping that statue down at Max Rocky. I'm sorry. I don't want to bust your bubble. You know, I don't want to throw a wet blanket on things, uh, put poop in your oatmeal, but I, I don't see that happening. But we'll, Josh, let's write that prediction down and uh, for future I'm not reference. saying, I'm not, yeah, I'm not predicting that the Max statue will be ripped down, but I'm telling <laughs> you, the majority bird that will be killed in Arkansas and Mississippi will be the shoveler and the teal. Mark my words. That it, those two will be the top two ducks that are killed 10 years from now. <laughs> All right. We're going to come back 10 years from now, Josh, and look at this. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. that's probably well, a good spot for us to just close this sucker out. What do you guys think? You better before yeah. I drop another SOP. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get you started on another tirade, Rocky. I do, I do not want to hear it. I tell you, my closing thought is a subject that I want us to talk about on the next go-round. Uh, because we talked about shovelers today and the fact that they're, you know, you can kill six of them. They're 56% above the long-term average, nearly 4 million of them, I believe, in the in the overall duck population. But did you guys see, and can we discuss next time, did you guys see last week where it was uh, announced that it looks like our pintail daily bag limit in the Mississippi Flyway next yep. season is going to drop from two birds to one? Yep, I saw that. Um, and, you know, and I had somebody about a month ago um, – I'm not going to name names or point fingers, but somebody who who knows mentioned that to me, and they said this could very well be coming. Just we were just in conversation, it came up, and I kind of blew it off. And then when that came out, Delta Waterfowl put that information out last week, yep. and when I saw it, um, you know, I kind of screenshot it, sent them a picture, and they said, "Well, there, you know, there you go." You know, they they were saying that people. Above them had mentioned it, and uh, you know, like I said, we were just talking about it in conversation. And now it seems like it's it's going to happen. Um, 
And that's going to be it's gonna be interesting to see how that pans out. But yeah, I think we definitely need to talk about that in length in 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 a future podcast. Cool guys. Well, Rocky, what you got for us to close this thing out, brother? You know what? I've only uh, gone off on a rant about three times in the past uh, two years, and you've been on the receiving end of two of those, Jay Paul. <laughs> okay. You've been present. You've been present for both two of the three. <laughs> hey, and you know what? I'm your Huckleberry. I don't mind, brother. You can unload on me all that you want. Dude, to, you know, you know what's I was so just funny? Glad to see that the funniest... pop out in you. You know, the funny story is I tell this to a couple people. They said, how close are you with Jay Paul? I said, Jay Paul's like my brother. I said, I, I get mad and cuss him. He gets mad and he cusses me. It's <laughs> no big deal. Next, the end of the day, we're still best friends. Well, anyway, I don't know if you remember this, Jay Paul. We were arguing about something back in the fall, and I happened to be in Oxford, and my mother-in-law happened to be walking out of my condo about the time that I called you a dickhead. <laughs> For the fourteenth time that? in that conversation, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Actually, no, you only called me that I think twice. But yes, I, you know, I, I definitely, definitely do remember that. You know, it, it's uh, it's funny because it's like my wife says, you know what, y'all should have just been brothers. Because you really gotta love somebody for them to be able to just piss you off so much. <laughs> well, you know, I guess it's true though. I mean, it, it really is. So we do. We get on to each other uh, pretty good from time to I, I time. I think that this is the most colorful language episode. I mean, people are gonna really have a different opinion of me after this podcast. <laughs> I haven't heard you. I haven't heard you drop that many four-letter words. In most of my life, <laughs> in, in the five or six years we've been running together, and I've known you, but man, I'm glad to see there is something that you're you're passionate um, about out there. I know uh, Josh told me, man, you predicted it, Josh. You, you said we will get Rocky in rare form. I told you, and I didn't know that it would be in. I didn't know if he would be completely silent and not know what to say to the you know, to the creator of such a of such a page, or if we would see him in, you know, in the form he in, he was in, see that the true passion come out. Um, but it was, uh, no, it was fun. It's, it's been a lot of fun today. Yes, it has. Well, guys, man, thank you so much. We enjoyed it. Again, special thanks to our guest, uh, Mr. Terry Wiseman from the American Shoveler Shooters Association. That was with us early, and on behalf of Rocky and Josh, I'm J. Paul Jackson, thanking you for joining us for this edition of the On The X Podcast, powered by DougSouth.com. <laughs>